All right, here we go. Here we go. This just reinforced my message. What I've always thought, man, be a good person. If you're a good person, oh my God, you can go so far in life. And it's just being reinforced by when I'm doing these, uh, the Rock Stops Here podcast. I got another good one today. Boy, oh boy, is he a good man. Really good dude. I thought he was. And then I met him and we did this podcast and bam. Just like I thought. I'm talking about the former Oakland A's pitcher who pitched a perfect game in the big leagues coming up on the anniversary here, Dallas Braden. Now, he's got the long beard, you know. he He's an analyst. He's doing color on A's games, NBC Sports you know, California, whatever they call it out there, it used to be this, and that. They, you know, they changed names. But he was a Major League Baseball pitcher. His career was cut short by injury. He doesn't harbor any, oh, you know, man, uh, man, I'm still, I was a young man when I had my career cut short. No, wait do you hear how he looks at his baseball career and life in general? Then he gets into broadcasting. He starts at ESPN, right at the top on ESPN Baseball Tonight. He was on the uh, Monday Night Baseball, now NBC Sports California. Uh, he got into the podcast business with Jared, Jared uh, Carabas, starting nine, a bar stool. I mean, all the success, man. And then they had a very successful podcast, and now they have a new one. And it's baseball is dead, and it debuted what two weeks ago. Two weeks at number one, like the number one sports podcast. And you know, I met him at a Tampa Bay Rays game when the A's were here last week, and I I was just he's just such down to earth man, down to earth. There you go. He's got a couple of other things that he's involved in. Those are successful. Just, oh my God. So without further ado, when, after that, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the whole setup. I like to give you the story on how it all went down. And it was actually surreal for me. It was one of those things where you, you see it. Oh my God, he's here. I wonder if I could ask him and get him. Can I get credentialed for this series, for this, this end end of this series? And if I can, let me see how it works out. And boom, and I'm watching this podcast and, and then it's surreal and I'm on the field and I'm doing it and I got it and boom, and it was even better than I thought. So uh, I'll tell you that and plenty of stories on the back end on what's going on. But without further ado, great baseball pitcher, great broadcaster, just a good man. Here he is, Dallas Braden. All right, honored to have Dallas Braden. I like I, I this is the rock stops here. How you've made it to the top. You made it to Major League Baseball. You pitch a perfect game. You get into broadcasting and you just keep crushing. Congratulations on all your success. Rock, much love, man. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh I've been very lucky to be around a lot of good people who care about what they do. And I think when that happens, when you're around passionate people who love what they do, uh, it's never work. I think you understand that. You can respect that. And uh, I think it's it's okay to be lucky. I've made a, I've made a decent living being much more lucky than I ever was good. 
No, you're very, very humble. Also, congrats on the new podcast. I mean, Baseball is Dead. I think you guys debuted at number one. That's not too uh, shabby right out of the box. Yeah, no, it's, uh, we, we, and again, that's because there's a lot of people who do love the game who don't believe that baseball is dead. And uh, I appreciate them following us along our journey. You know, we, we had a we had a great place that we were able to build a foundation. And from there, the love of the game not only from us, but the people who listen to us as well is, is why we continue to have success that we do. You know, when, when people see you, they don't know you all, they see the beard and they see that maybe he's like, just, he's kind of like a fun loving guy. And I was listening to Jared on another podcast saying just how smart you are. And I think it works between he's been so successful as the blogger and that you're the athlete and played. And I think that works good, huh? Well, it's a, it's a great dynamic. I mean, because he he himself, I mean, he he loves the game more than anything in his life. And I am the same way. Uh, and maybe just my experience is something that he's been able to tap into. And his fandom for the game on that level is something that... I had never really been around per se. I mean, I've got friends who love the game and are are crazy fans of their favorite teams, but to to have an appreciation for not only his team, the Red Sox, but all teams and all talent in the game, it's important that you have somebody that that understands the game and loves it on that level so that we can bounce things off each other. And it, it's great to hear that he understands I'm significantly more smarter than he is rock significantly. It's not even, it's really not even close, but, uh, but, but we have such a great dynamic because of just the pure love. And, and he is a very intelligent individual as well. He knows what he's talking about. He knows who he's talking about and that makes the back and forth super easy. When you were playing, did you know that you wanted to go this route? Did you kind of fall into it? I know once you stopped playing, I think it was ESPN at first. Then, of course, Barstool and all the success. Did you want to get into broadcasting at all? Uh? It, it, it was never something that I had, like, on the radar. It was, uh, I guess, if you can if you can BS, you know, uh, they tell you that there's going to be a spot for you somewhere. I was just very fortunate that I had the opportunity that I did right out of the gate to go to ESPN and learn from some of the greats. You know, I'm in the booth with Carl Ravitch. I'm in the booth with Tim Kirchin, with Eduardo Perez, you know, Kurt Schilling and, and John Cruck and just some some absolute studs on the on the job. And for me to for me to step in there day one and have that kind of tutelage, that really kind of set me on a trajectory that that allowed me to now have the opportunity I do to be a part of the A's organization and be a part of A's baseball. What about Barstool? What that has meant, uh, run by Portnoy. Oh my God! What another place to, for you to be? Yeah, it was. It was. It was a lot of fun. It was. It was fun because I, you know, I had no clue who Barstool was, what they were all about, or anything like that. Being out here on the West Coast, and you know, so it was a. Uh, it was a very eye-opening experience early on, and it was a great learning experience for me as well because I was given an opportunity to take over a podcast to build a podcast with Jared. We did that. And if we weren't allowed the flexibility and the freedom to do that there, I don't know that we would still be able to do what we're doing now 
in, in a different place. So it's uh, I, I couldn't be more grateful for the opportunities I've had every step of the way. Just two more. Now, this is not an, this is not an X's and O's, but when you look back on your career, you had to cut it short at a young age because of the injury. How do you look? I mean, if that was me, I'd be like, oh, my God, a little bitter. You know what I mean? How do you look back on it, Dallas? This game of baseball has blessed me beyond measure. I have the opportunity to continue to watch the game, to be around the game, to have awesome conversations with guys like you there's no way I could ever wake up and be bitter about where I'm at or what happened to me and you know there's there's a sense of pride in that I didn't you know it's not like I I drank my way out of the game or partied my way out of the game I, I wasn't terrible and just couldn't get a job anymore like none of that happened my body physically failed me my arm fell off and I was you know sure I was I was just getting better I was just getting started really um but but knowing that I was going to have the opportunity to take care of my grandmother and give her the life that she deserved a life without any sort of pressure or anxiety you know the tax man he doesn't take a break he comes calling each and every year uh and for her to just live with a sense of freedom the way that i feel she's supposed to have lived her life that that is the most important thing to me and and now i have the the chance to continue to provide that for my wife and for my two girls with one on the way so Baseball blesses me every single day I open my eyes. There's no way I could possibly show up to the ballpark with an attitude. That is awesome, awesome. The last one, with your perfect game, I always want to know, when did you know? It's like, okay, nobody's going to talk to you. Do you look up? Do you know? Is it fifth inning? I still got nobody on six, seven. What about it? Well, I tell you, I was I was sitting in the dugout, and look, I, I, I need to be barefoot with no gloves on to get to 10, you know? And so I'm counting. I'm not strong at man. I'm going, well, I don't think, okay, it says no runs, no hits, no air. Okay. I don't, well, damn, I don't think I've walked anybody. And that's when I audibly said out loud to myself, oh, damn, oh, damn. And I said, don't baby it, you know, just don't baby it. And it was, there was a mound meeting and, you know, it's James Shields on the mound for the Rays at the time pretty decent arm big game always like big game pretty decent ball club at the time that we're going against so i'm i'm taking note of that because hey anytime you scratch a couple across against a guy like james shields at the time you're taking note of where you're at in the ball game right you're kind of taking stock and so i would say it was like the fourth fifth inning maybe somewhere around there and we had put a few across and i start looking up and you know kick the shoes off i'm doing math counting toes realizing that i'm in a pretty decent spot so it was that moment on like i said i i told myself don't baby it, get out there because rock. I had never even seen the ninth inning of a big league ball game before. Right. So for me to go out there in the ninth inning, you know, I wanted to like feel the dirt, like, Oh, does it change in the ninth inning? I don't know. I've never felt it. So to get out there and be able to complete that with, with my team, like that was, it truly is. Look, you and I are talking here because of that day. It's the gift that keeps on giving one good day of work. It should set everybody up. (laughs) Here's how I ended. I always ask, and I'm sure you get hit this a lot, advice. I'm sure you get it from players that want to make it to the majors, but also in broadcasting and everything else that you have going on. Someone young, what's your best advice to be the success that you are, Dallas? I would say to be consistent in your work ethic. Your desire to do what you do can wane. It can come and go, just like the weather. I get it. Some people have good days. You have bad days. but if you are diligent and you're disciplined in the work that you're putting in to whatever endeavor you're involved in that right there 
cannot, there's no substitute for that. Right. And then we talk about it a lot in athletics where, you know, hard work beats talent that refuses to work hard. You hear that a lot. And that goes for everything in life. You're going to have hurdles. You're going to have obstacles. You got to clear them. You got to figure out how to blow them up, go around them, whatever it is. But your work ethic that you bring to the table each and every day, that is determined by your attitude. And again, maybe I just try to keep my glass half full. But each and every day we wake up is an opportunity to kick yesterday's ass. I love it, man. Congratulations. Continued success, Dallas. It's an honor. Thank you, man. No, thank you, Rock. Appreciate the time. You know what stood out to me in that little talk that I had with him there when he talked about his grandmother, what baseball was able to do for him and monetarily and being able to support and take care of his grandmother. Because when I was doing some of the research, uh, I believe, I think he was in high school when his mother died, passed away and he went to live with his grandmother. So when he was just talking about his grandmother, you know, the tax man's still going to come and I was able to take care of her bill and take care of her. I thought, oh, look at that. Look at that. That's a sign of a a good man right there taking care of his grandma because his grandma helped raise him when he was in high school. You know, look, look at that. Right. That stands out to me almost more than anything else. So thank you. Thank you, Dallas. Continued success. You didn't know me from Adam and you couldn't have been nicer right there. Here's the deal. I have, I have a couple of these interviews in the can and I was going to mix in a Tampa Bay media personality. I've been going with these national names. I'm trying to build, build this audience. You know what I mean? I don't want to be known just as the Tampa guy. So I was going to do uh, a Tampa media person next and Thank God for social media. You know, my wife's always busting me. Oh, you're always on social media. Like, oh, why don't you care about what's going on here? No, I do care about what's going on here in the house, but I got to keep up with stuff. And if it wasn't for social media, so there's a gentleman that works in the Rays organization, a young, big guy, good guy. I really didn't, never knew him. I've seen him. He was, he grew up in St. Pete. He was a Rays fan. He gets a job with the Rays and now he's got a really pretty high ranking position. And I noticed on opening day, he had a picture, this guy that works for the Rays, Elijah, and he had a picture with Dallas Braden, Dallas Braden with the beard. I was like, Oh, Dallas Braden. I wonder if he, there's the former A's. Yeah. Pitcher. I know he was on barstool. You know, I know he was successful on that, but he's here. He's here at the trap. Is he doing A's games? So I looked it up. I'm like, oh my God. So I do a, I do work for the Tampa Free Press. I contacted my guy. I got to get here. I'll do a story. I'll do something on the raise for my free press. And I we have another guy that's a reporter. So we got to kind of share if, you know, what days he's going to do. He might do these two days. Da, 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 that I'm not used to. So boom, boom. I'll put it in. Boom. You got to prove. Boom, boom, boom. Day game. Beautiful. Last day of the series. So I work out at an anytime fitness and I'm working out. So that was that day. So I'm like, that would be a good one. Somebody outside of Tampa Bay. He's, he's, you know, he's got a good personality. He's successful in broadcasting besides the X's and O's, the baseball, you get enough for that. All right. Let me, let me see if I can, let me, let me see how it goes. 
So I had a physical or starting with my doctor. I hadn't gone in like two years. I I know I got to go every year. And, you know, I had that big operation with the gallbladder and all that stuff. So I got to keep up. So I had that. Didn't want to reschedule. It was early in the morning. This was a day game. I haven't been to a, a, a regular season game. I was at spring training down in Port Charlotte. So I got to see how it goes. You get daily credentials. So you got to go to the window. Do they have it all set? Where do you go? You know, all that jazz. But I got there. It, it worked out fine. My The doctor was like, it's a nurse practitioner. She's like, oh my God, you take no medication, nothing? Wow, this and that. Boom. Thank God. Thank God. All right. We're going to have you do blood work. And everything. Okay, great, great, great. Boom, boom, boom. Made me feel good. I'm like, thank you to the man upstairs. I am older now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Health is everything. So I get out of there. I get to the trop early. Oh, let me back up. So I do some research on Dallas Braden. And I remember when he threw the perfect game because it was against the Tampa Bay Rays. And it was also on Mother's Day. And he dedicated that game to his late mother. Oh, my God. And I'm like, oh, I think it was 2010. I think 2010 or 2012. So anyway, um, yeah, 2010, May 9th, 2010. Holy crap. So I'm working out at Anytime Fitness. I've always got my, 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 my earbuds and I got my phone with me and I'm, you know, I'm, I, I'm listening to music when I get a little buzz on, like not when I'm working out, I'm listening to different podcasts, stuff like that. That's just me. I'm probably in the minority. And I'm watching this new podcast that he and Jared have called Baseball is Dead. I love it. Baseball is Dead. And they both love baseball. I love this. So, and it's on YouTube. So I'm kind of watching it. I'm taking it out of my pocket. I'm on the leg machine and I'm looking down and there he is. He's got the beard. It's him and Jared. They're getting along good. They're busting chops about how the, the opening day, some of these games were on Apple TV. And I think it was Jared was having a hard time finding it. Jared, I'm with you. And, and Dallas is like, come on, man, just get the MLB TV app and then you just click it and add i'll take you to the game it ain't that hard but i was just liking their banter you know you can tell they got good chemistry so i'm watching it i'm watching it i'm working out i'm listening it was good blah 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 and then here it is a couple of days later i'm at the trop gonna try for this so that i get there way early four hours before the game uh, and it's real quiet. I love to go into stadiums, arenas when I'm covering. It used to be like that, especially for like playoffs for hockey. When we would travel to Boston, to Calgary, to Philly, to I love being in these arenas hours and hours and hours before when it's just very serene, very peaceful. I love that. I, I love that. Sometimes I love that even more than the game, man. I don't know what it is. So I get to the trap. It's very quiet. It's in the morning. It's nine o'clock in the morning. Game is going to go on till one. And I set up, I got a name, a spot in the press box. I'm getting everything ready. Okay. A little bit, 10 o'clock. I think the, the clubhouse opens. I haven't been in, in a major league clubhouse. I did go to the spring training clubhouse for the first time in two, two years. Like we haven't, everything's been zoom. I haven't been in these clubhouses. I still haven't gone into an NFL locker room yet. That's coming. It might not mean anything to you. And I understand that you could give a crap about a media. I understand, but it's just, it's wow. Like a sign of we're back, you know, 
and the locker room's opening and you go in the locker room and you're looking around. Okay, here's this guy, Phoenix Sanders. He just got called up. We all go over to his locker. He gets the call. He's coming from AAA. He's waited his whole life for this. He's not very big. He was uh, not a high draft pick. He they didn't tell him thing. he would make it, and he never lost faith, and here he is. And he tells his 10-month pregnant wife, "You go, well, I'm heading. We're going. We're going to the show. And he pitched at USF in, in Tampa, and here he is called up, and he's at his locker, and we're crowding around. We're looking at him. I'm looking at this kid. He got a, a flight. He just got in, and here he is. And he got in the game that day. Like, just how cool, how cool of a moment is that? And to experience that, you can't experience that on Zoom. And it was that. Then Dennis Rasmussen, and we go over to his locker. He's going to pitch the next game. They're going to be, they, they, there was a getaway day and they're going to Chicago. He's going to pitch against the We go over there, blah, blah, blah. So now, and there's Tampa Bay media. So I'm getting stuff for my Tampa Free Press that I'm going to do a story on for later. I do video and I write. So I got that taken care of. I'll take care of that later. I'm going to leave the clubhouse and go out to the field. Nobody's out there yet. And I want to see if I can somehow get Dallas. I don't know if he's going to blow me off. He's got his own duties and pregame and this and that. And I would understand, but let's just see. Let's see. Like I always say, it used to be what the confidence I have now, I wish I knew, had when I was a kid, man, like, you know, especially with chicks, you know, you know, you, you got to step up to the plate, man. You know, you got to get out there in that dance floor. If you're going to get rejected, you got to keep going back. You know what I mean? Uh, and the same thing for interviews, you know, and you got to wait and you got to hang. And you got to go up and you got to introduce yourself. You know, what I'm, you know what I'm saying? So anyway, I'm, I'm waiting out by the Rays uh, side, first base side. And uh, I look over and there's a little tiny, you know, media scrum over in the Oakland A's dugout. It was either the, the, the skipper or maybe it was a GM. I didn't. And there I look and I see, oh, and there's Dallas. I see him with his hat on. I see him with his beard. He's listening in because he's going to try to get some info and see what's going on. You know what I mean? And I'm like, there he is. There he is. I just saw him on the podcast you know, a couple days ago. And there he is. Beautiful. So I just, you, you got you to gotta wait. You got to lay low. I'm laying low. I go walk over to that side. Oh, and then I see it finally, it breaks up. He's got a baseball He with his left hand. He He's bouncing it on the carpet of the Rays surface. He goes walking out to where the Rays are. The A's are warming up out on the left field area. They got a screen. They got, they're long tossing. They're, they're doing their little sprints. They're loosening up. And, you know, he's a former player, and he's got a little bit more cachet because, you know, they, they, there's a respect factor there, man. And he, was, he threw a perfect game. <laughs> he's the man and he's cool. He's cool looking. You know, he's got the high, he's got the cool sneakers. He's got the V he's cool. So he, he goes out there and I'm like, all right, all right. And then he, when he bounced the baseball, it, 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 it rolled. It must've hit something. I didn't see. And it rolled all the way down by third base where I was. So I went to go get, I was all, oh, this is a perfect opportunity. And he just saw me and he's like, no, nah, no, nah. he waved it off. I got it. I got it. I'm like, Oh, okay. I was going to give it to you and say, Jared, this is, I'm not Jared, uh, Dallas. My name is rock rally. So, all right, he got it. Boom. I hung. And then like three or four young guys that work on the Rays crew, like with the field, they take care of the field. 
they go by Jared. Jared's like, hey, hey, boys. And they all are fist bumping him. They know him. He's only been here for a series. I don't know if he hung with him, but, and they just started talking with him and he was holding court and they were having a blast, but it was going on for like, so I was just quietly by the third base dugout, just hanging, laying low and just waiting in this business. I've said it many a time. It's always hurry up and wait. You got to be patient. Just wait, just wait. And, you know, now they start playing the music pregame. You know, I'm like, oh, is this going to affect? But no, I have these directional microphones. Ah, that ain't going to fast. Screw it. That's, that's fine. And then uh, he just kept talking. And I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 25 minutes. That's how long he and the grounds crew, these young guys of, at, for the race, were just BSing. And they were having a good time just doing their thing. So then finally, and I thought, oh, maybe it's not going to have enough time or whatever. And it broke up and I just, his back was turned. And I said, Dallas. And he turned and he looked like he had a smile. I said, hey, I'm a big fan. And I said, my name is Rock Riley. I've been here in Tampa Bay for a long time, but I got this podcast. Hey, baseball is dead. And I threw that out there and he kind of grinned. And I said, hey, man. I do this podcast, the rock stops here on how you've made it to the top. You made it to the top in pitching in major league baseball, and you made it to the top in broadcasting. You got like five minutes, man. And he was like, sure, let's do it. And so we were on the field in the foul line, in the foul section area near third base and a little bit into left field. And here the A's were finishing up their warmups out there and they were coming in and they were going to start warming up a little bit right there. And we just did it right there. What you just heard. And that was the first time I've ever talked to him. He doesn't know me from Adam. He could not have been nicer. Mentioned my name a couple of times. I had to have my credential right there. I just was like blown away, man. You know? And I was just like two days ago, I'm on the leg machine on anytime fitness, watching him on camera on YouTube. And here it is two days later. That was my plan. Let me see if I can swing this. Everything is on the fly. That's what I like. That's when I thrive on the fly. There's no public relations person. It's set up and I just do the best when it's on the fly. And he was as cool as I thought. Isn't that neat? When you think somebody is this way and they turn out to be even nicer. And I say, Hey, I got to take a pick. I do it real quick. Boom, boom. He had the smile. Boom, boom, boom. And I was on cloud nine. I was like, man, that plan. I said, well, my Tampa Bay media personality, you're going to have to wait another week because I got to pop Dallas Braden on this week on the Rock Stops here. So Dallas, thank you, my man, and continued success. And I hope to see you down the road. I really, really do. All right. One thing I want to get to, because this is NFL, the NFL drafts going on now. So let me get a little few stories on that. Uh, but one more thing on baseball, I have got a, a, like a newfound little bit of a rejuvenation with baseball. Now, if you don't know, and I never bring this up because no one gives a shit. Yes. I pitched in high school. Everybody pitched a high school. I was a lefty. Yes. I walked on in college at St. Leo university, which is division two down here in Florida. That was a feat, I consider it. And it was so many moons ago. Oh, my God. 
And then, but I missed New Jersey. I only stayed two years at St. Leo. I wanted to go back to Jersey. So I, I went to William Patterson College, which was Division Two, or No, Division Three. Uh, Leo's Sunshine State against Florida Southern University of Tampa, but it's good baseball. And it wasn't that much of a difference. Even when I went to Montclair State, uh, you know, anyway, I pitched one year. I had to sit out. They told me I had to sit out. I threw real hard at one tryout. And like, where'd you come from? And, uh, and then I sat out. I should have looked. I, I really didn't do any research. I was working at, I was, I was a commuter for the school. I had a, girlfriend. I was working nights at a factory. I was partying all that. Jazz. I didn't even look it up. And I did, I did pitch my senior year there. And then I pitched years after in local leagues. No big deal. But you know what? It was like baseball. I don't know, man. It was, it was good, but like, I just, I don't know. I think because I was, and I pitched year round down here until I was 44. And then I had to finally get my shoulder done and then I sat out for a couple of years and I went back 48, 49, I pitched at 50 and then my shoulder was still hurting again. And I went back to the doctor and Coco Eaton's like, what are you doing? Satchel page had to retire, man. Stop whipping it around, you know, throw in these media games or a celebrity game or something, throw to your kid and that's it. And that was it. And I haven't, pit, I haven't thrown since, but anyway, but so I, I think it was because I played, I was so much baseball. And games were so long and I just kind of, you know, I, I like covering the Rays for many, many years, but I don't know, man, I, I'd lost a little bit of interest. I just did. And I have found a rejuvenation for baseball this year. And when I go to the games, it's just, I mean, maybe it's because my attention span is so short anymore. It's ridiculous. I'm constantly on social media and on my phone and I'm just constantly looking at stuff quick and scrolling. And then, you know, and when you go to a baseball game, I'm talking about going to a baseball game. It is so relaxing and there's no clock. And I am enjoying that. Now I had done my work for this Oakland A's Rays game because I was really just doing it on the Rays with their pitching. They've had three of their five starters out. They had an early spring training. It might've affected pitchers more. They don't want to tax the bullpen. They're not going to make a move. They think they can get through that first 10 days and all that. And I kind of went on that and gave them a little vibe. That was my story. So I was really done. I didn't have to stay until the end of the game. And I found myself at the press box. And then I walked around. I like to do video. I like to get the feel of the vibe of the stadium. And I walked all the way around. I went to center field. I was in the right field, left field. I was at first base side, third base side, talking to some fans in the concourse down by the dot, just, just to get the vibe, the feel. That's what I like to do. And I did that and I was there and I'm like, I've been here four hours prior we had stuff going on at the house later in the day, but I was just like, no, man, I am just enjoying this. I'm enjoying seeing the pitching. I'm enjoying seeing the fielding. I'm enjoying seeing, oh, this guy's warming up in the pen now. How long is this? And just, just enjoying it again. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, and there is something to be said. Now, granted, there's only 10,000 fans or so, 9,000 that are going to these games. 
I, I don't care. The thing about the attendance and all that, we're all, we all know the deal. I'm not up and on this and that, but with this area growing like it is, I'm like, but anyway, I'm not, I'm not going there for this. My point is the fans that were there, were having a hell of a good time. It's the day they're drinking beers. You're doing day drinking. I, day drinking puts me out. I, I, I gotta wait till at night, but anyway, uh, everybody's having a good time. Those who were there having a good time. How can you not? You're at the ballpark. You're eating a hot dog. You got a pretzel. You, you, you drinking beers. You're with your friends or your family and you're chilling. And it's, it's awesome. And I'm not on my phone. So I just, I don't know, man. I'm just really, and I'm going to cover the major league baseball a lot more this year. That's my plan. going to try to hit at least one game a series. I got to share with another guy for the, my Tampa free press. So I got to work that out. But, you know, because it used to be I'd had a season credential. I can go in any time I want. I would, when I was working on Bay News 9 at local TV, I would, we would get our early stuff done, blah, blah, blah. We, you know, if we had a lot of the work done and I'd come back for the 11 o'clock live show that I did, uh, I would go head to the trop. I might go have dinner there or just go and watch a couple of innings and just sit out in right field or down the first base side up high, nobody around me, just watch a couple innings and then head back to the station, you know, but now I got to have the one daily pass and you got to go to, you know, that it's a little bit different, but then life is different, you know? So anyway, that's my baseball thing. I'm just enjoying it again more. And I, there is something about having fans in the stands. We can try to hype this up. You know, when the pandemic, when, when baseball came back, hockey came back, football came back, NBA came back when there were no fans in the stands. I'm sorry. It's hard. It's hard to, it's like a scrimmage to me in any of these sports. Sorry. Sorry. Now football, the way they shoot it, like those games on Fox and stuff, they would do a good job. Um, but some of the players I've talked to said that it was hard to pump themselves up. It would be like doing a comedy routine by yourself, you know, in front of, in a stage by with nobody. It's hard. So there's really something to be said. I think that whole pandemic just, I'm, I mean, I'm loving it. And I think the fans love it and people seem to be in a really good mood and it's really, really enjoyable. And I've been rejuvenated with baseball again. I mean, I'd go to some Florida State League games. Hell, I went to some Atlantic League independent baseball, and I was actually enjoying that. They got this thing, Savannah Bananas. Have you seen this? I wonder if it's too much for me. Well, those, it's almost like a Harlem Globetrotters type entertainment baseball team that travels around the South. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Look at their clips. They're on YouTube, Savannah Banana. Very entertaining, man. I, I, I might want to check out one of those games. And the, the stands are packed. Fans are loving it. Entertainment. It's about entertainment. So anyway, anyway, Dallas, thank you. Boom. So it's NFL draft. It is NFL draft. And I got to say, like for years, they had the NFL draft at Radio City Music Hall in New York City. And then the NFL is a big business and saw dollar signs by let's move this thing around. Now, I was fortunate enough to go to Chicago a couple of years ago. That's when the number one pick was Jameis Winston. There was Marcus Mariota, who was going to go number one. Remember that? Uh, that one was in Chicago. That was tremendous. That was fantastic. 
They had it in Nashville. Huge success. This one is in Vegas. They're moving it around. Now, I, know, I think they're giving, they gave one to Detroit, did they not? Didn't they, didn't they give a draft to Detroit? That from, from my knowledge within the NFL circles, the NFL is really trying to help out the Detroit franchise. They're trying to throw them a bone or two. They're really trying to help because Detroit's been down for quite a few years. So they're trying to, trying to help that, trying to, trying to revitalize that uh, franchise. The Lions have a strong history, man. Barry Sanders, my buddy, Damon, my bartender, craft beer, GM buddy, is a Lions fan. He grew up in Michigan, and he went to Michigan State, and he said anytime he would wear his Barry Sanders jersey in an opposing stadium, he always got so much respect. He never got shit on. Never. Barry Sanders, in opposing stadiums, always had the respect. But uh, the NFL draft, it's really, it's very interesting. Like, NFL players that have been in the league, the only the only way usually, if they're honest with you, the majority of them, they, uh, they don't watch it. They may just, they're curious to see if anybody at their position is being drafted. That's it. That's human nature. Look, come on, man. If you were a running back and you're, you're making your living and you're in the NFL, it's not for long. The average life expectancy, what is it? Three years or something like that, especially for a running back. So if you see that they're drafting a running back in like the second round, you're like, Oh shit. You know, that's your interest. Or it might be, Hey, who do we get? Who do we get? And that's it. You know? Um, but for those kids out of college that are being drafted, it is changing their family structure because I have covered the NFL for 25 plus years, maybe even a little bit more. Oh my God, where the years go. And I can tell you, I would say 80%, 85% are coming up from nothing where they were raised. They did not come from money. Like John Lynch, the Hall of Famer, the safety, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Denver Broncos, now the GM, San Francisco 49ers. He's an anomaly. He, he's, he came from a well-to-do family. His father was very successful owning, uh, running radio stations in San Diego. Jim Rome got his start in a John Lynch father station. And, but John Lynch does not come across as like, oh, a rich kid. I mean, he had these incredible workouts. He's uh, he was tough as nails, a hard ass hitter, smart, good dude, great dude. And that's unusual. Most of these guys are coming from a, a small little house. A lot of times they were raised by a, a, their mother or a grandma and they're getting into the NFL and they are changing the whole family dynamic, man, bringing in that money for the family. And it's their day. It's really, really cool to see. And I've been fortunate enough to cover several drafts where I've been where I've seen backstage. I've seen them come across uh, through. That happened in Chicago. We were in this old little old school was where the media center was. Yeah, yeah. It was really, it was a strange setup. And you could go right outside our 
cramped little quarters and be there in the hallway of the next room. And you see these kids that just got drafted in the first round with their families and they're just hugging and crying and realizing, and these kids are going to buy a home for their mother, man. They'd raise them and like their six, seven siblings. Like I'm, I'm not, I, a lot of times that's what happens. That's what happens. And it's, it's their day. It is their day. Heck, even Martin Gramatica, former kicker in the NFL. I did a show, a radio show for two years with Martin. He told me there's nothing like that phone call. And if you're surrounded by your family, it's just, it's, it's, it's really, really cool. It's really, really cool. And enjoy that. Enjoy that day. Enjoy that night. You've worked hard to get to there. And then after that, <laughs> your ass is grass. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's your peak because now you're going into a league with grown men that are trying to keep their jobs and they, and everybody is good and everybody is fast and they know the tricks of the trade. So good luck to you. Good luck to you. Right. But I think it's kind of, it really is kind of neat and it's a cool time of year. Now, I don't know about you. There are you know, there's these draft networks. These are draft gurus. There are people. I listen. I love the NFL. I love the NFL. I love covering the NFL. Uh, NFL is king. The first round, I watch the entire round. Day two, I'm in and out. Day three, I mean, I it, it, unless I don't have anything else going on, I'll tune it in. You know what I mean? I'll tune it in, but I don't know a lot of these guys by the time I don't study everything. I'm doing a lot of different sports. You know, are you, do you, can you sit there or do you sit there and watch all three days? I'm sure there's a lot of you. I'm sure there's a lot of you. God bless you. But that, that, especially that first round and, and then, and then, and then it's interesting. And then it, then it's funny too, because as soon as the draft ends, I mean, as soon as the draft ends that night, you will have teams already. We signed these undrafted free agents. We're bringing a linebacker, a tight end, a defensive lineman, a DB, a QB. And it's like that night, I'm like, holy shit. Like th the scouting is unreal on how much scouting they do. And you know what I also was thinking about? Like, I remember going way back with the year that Derek Brooks and Warren Sapp were drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do you remember for that first round that the word in the media, it started to get around. I don't even know. Was the internet around then? All I know is spreading. Oh, a report came out that Warren Sapp smoked pot at, at the university of Miami. Oh, I heard his draft status. He might've fell a little bit. I'm like, Oh my God, he smoked a little bit of weed in college. Like, you know, come on. And, uh, isn't that something like, how about, the lineman going back a couple of years where the video came out and it was shown on ESPN and NFL network where he was smoking out of a, a bong type gas mask at college. It was an SEC team. Do you remember that? And he fell, he fell. And like, what, what kind of son of a gun? What kind of son of a bitch? is going to release video on the night of the first round of this guy to lower his draft status 
and have him lose millions of dollars. Like what kind of person are you to do that, man? What, what, you know, are you getting your jollies off? Did you have a vendetta? Did he owe you money? I mean, if he screwed you over, maybe that's a different story, but like, wow, you know, and they're college students too, you know? I mean, it's really, it's really something else. The other thing that has changed, do you remember going back? I always say just a couple of years ago. And then sometimes you realize it's like 10 years ago, the older I get, oh my God, time goes by so freaking fast. But do you remember there was a time where reporters that covered these teams or these colleges that had some sources, they were breaking these picks like right before the picks would come up on, you know, NFL network or ESPN. And it was like, it was ruining the, you know, the immediacy of it. And I was in the media at this time. And I remember the NFL and ESPN came out and basically said, look, stop doing this. Oh, and I think it was even reporters at ESPN or NFL network that were actually telling the people, fans oh this next pick he's going here and then you lose that the kid's on the phone he's getting a call from the head coach of the gm and you know that's the cool moment that's the cool part of watching the the draft especially the first round or here's a guy that was projected to go number one and he's been sitting there for so many hours that's kind of brutal but it's that's good that's good tv live content man like oh my god the poor guy's still there waiting and he hasn't been called yet, you know? Um, I will give credit where credit is due. Jenna Lane, who is a Buccaneers beat reporter for ESPN and ESPN.com. And a couple of years back, I was in the media room at One Buck, and Jenna Lane was between jobs. She did not have the ESPN gig at that time yet. She Her job had ended at a smaller radio station and website, little digital network. And she wasn't working for anybody, but she was in the media room and she was doing stuff like video going out, coming back in. I'm like, what are you doing that for YouTube? She was doing this on her own. And she was tweeting out every Buccaneer pick that they were about to make. She was, she had it. I'm like, She's got some source inside that stinking building. Whoever's given her this information, it must be somebody in the war room. I don't know how she was doing it, but credit to her at that time because she was looking for a gig. And she, and I remember, uh, cause I had her on a couple times. I took an interest in her and her goal was, you know, there's two ways to look at it. I like variety to me is a spice of life. The NFL, especially with the Bucks here and the GOAT, you know, Brady is back. There's a lot of interest with it. There's a ton of interest with the the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I'm covering the Buccaneers full go again this coming season, unless something, God forbid, happens. Uh, so I'm full go. Um, so NFL is number one for me. But I also like Major League Baseball. I like the hockey playoffs are here. I like a little variety. I covered the uh, the IndyCar races through here. If there's a big boxing match or something like that, you know what I mean? I like it. But she was given, I think she was given advice. She said, I'm like, look, if you want to really go up the ladder, like 
concentrate on one sport in her case, going to be the NFL and excel at that man and win at that. And that's what she did. And then she got interviews at ESPN and then she got the gig and she's been doing a great job ever since. I'm hoping to get her on the podcast, but we, I've asked her a couple of times, but it's not like she doesn't want to do it, but she's got to ask for permission and all this. And she doesn't want to probably ruin her gig. I totally get it. But anyway, that I just like some NFL draft stories. I'm just thinking back to those days and now, and what's happening right now this week, the interest is just huge, man. The NFL, they know how to do it. All right. I mentioned here, like I like covering boxing and different sports. I got to mention this. Um, Jake Paul and Logan Paul. Now, did I follow those guys when they were on Disney or was it just Jake Paul was on the Disney channel? Hell no. What do you think? I'm a creep. Uh, so I didn't know anything about that. I did not follow him, uh, when he was doing his thing. And I know that they had the body hanging in Japan. Was it a Japanese forest? They put that on. He made his amends. That was wrong. All that. I heard about it. My son, who's now going to be 25 Hunter. He, he's like, no man, he, no, that was wrong, but you know, follow him and he's done right and all this stuff. So I really didn't know about Jake Paul. And then when he came into the limelight here with the boxing and he was so damn cocky. And in the beginning, I I'll tell you, I was like, I hope he gets his ass knocked out. Oh, I want to see him get knocked out. Okay. That was it. I didn't even know much about Logan Paul, his brother. So then, and then naturally I started following them a little bit closer and I do try to keep an open mind. I got my opinion, but I'm not headstrong where you can't. I listen. I listen. Oh, change my, change my tune. I'm not a flip flopper, but I will keep an open mind. And so I'm watching this Jake Paul and I'm like, okay. And then he did, they fought the YouTube guy, KSI. Meh. And then the basketball player, former basketball player. Hmm. But then Ben Askren, Ben Askren, UFC. I know he's not a striker. I know he had come off of, I think, hip surgery not too long ago, but he took the fight. He was a former champion and he, he just like laissez-faire. He didn't, it was like, oh, I don't care, you know, and my life's going to be the same. Come on, man. It's going to be embarrassing if you lose to a YouTuber, you know, come on. Let's call it like it is. Jake Paul knocked him freaking out. And I'm like, I tell you what, man, on a big stage, I got to give him credit. And then Tyron Woodley, Tyron Woodley and Woodley's a talker and all this. And yeah, I know he's UFC and all this and the first fight and he won. And then to fight him again and to get knocked out and go face down. I know I have had friends. I've had so many people tell me that that was fake. That was fixed. If you really watch closely and there's a lot of different angles from down low right there at ringside jake paul with that one punch flattens his ass and i've known boxers and have covered boxers i have much respect it's rare where you see somebody get knocked out and go face down on the canvas he knocked him out. He does have power. And it's also on a big stage because you know so many people around the world want to see this cocky talking YouTuber get knocked out. But you know what? I give him credit. And 
the reason why I'm bringing this up, I mentioned this on a couple of podcasts, Logan Paul, Logan Paul, with all that attention, gets in the ring with Floyd Mayweather. Now, Floyd Mayweather is going to play with him and all that. Floyd Mayweather is about making the money. I understand that. It's also a big, big stage. Logan Paul's not a professional fighter, boxer. Jake Paul's got the got the power. And he went the distance with Floyd Mayweather. Okay, all right. I know you naysayers. Yeah, Mayweather is smaller. Mayweather just, you know, let him alone. Okay, that's fine. But now when Logan Paul goes into WrestleMania, WrestleMania, that is the Super Bowl of pro wrestling. All right. That is the Daytona 500 of NASCAR. That is the Indy 500 of IndyCar. That is the Wimbledon of tennis. Do you see what I'm talking about? That is the Masters of Golf. Wrestle freaking mania. And he pulled it off like a pro wrestler. That is incredible, man. This isn't an independent house show, uh, you know, at the local uh, uh, Elks Club. Uh, no, no. This is WrestleMania. To have that much confidence on a big stage like that, hundreds of millions of people or 50 million, whatever, watching and in an arena like that. And to pull that off, that is, that's unbelievable. Pat McAfee, same thing. Holy shit, he looked good. Number, it's just, so my point is, because you know, I was thinking about it, I only thought about this today. I was in my car, I was stopped somewhere. It came up on my YouTube. I got to finish watching it. Pat McAfee behind the scenes at WrestleMania. And I just started where the training is going to start now. And, you know, he's still pulling off a full-time gig every day, meeting with advertisers, sponsors, a couple of hours every day doing a show. You got to have content. You got to know what's going on. You got to watch a lot of stuff. And then still to do that and, and, and to put, it's just incredible, man. And I just want to give credit where credit is due. Uh, good business practice for these kids, the Pauls. And they're doing it on a big stage. That would be like me when I was pitching in my local leagues, men's leagues, throwing in in, in the freaking World Series against the best hitters in the world. You, do you see? You, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to think what I think is an 85 mile an hour as fast in my prime, maybe 86 miles an hour as fast as I could ever throw over the heart of the play. I, I throw everything. And a major league hitter would just be like laughing and half swing and take me probably 420 feet <laughs> and go, kid, get out of here. You see? So it's just, it really is incredible. Now Logan Paul or uh, Jake Paul was talking about he wants to be a tight end in the NFL. I'm like, and he goes, hey, did you ever think that I could do what I was doing and all this? And I said, I don't know about that, man. Who knows? Who knows? But you know what? I think that's about it today. Um just been in a good mood lately. A lot of things have been working. And so I'm just blown away by, by the successful people that I am interviewing and they are good dudes. You know what? I went down to my craft beer bar the other night. I really haven't been going out at all. And I walked down there and there was a guy sitting next to me, not, not right next to me. That would be weird, but I don't know. I'm like another, you know, there's an empty bar stool. And then over there, 
and he wasn't saying he's a quiet guy and it turns out he's a younger guy and he's a single dad and is you know he's been through the ringer with an ex and he's gonna build a house and it's out up you know pretty far outside this area and he's gonna have some land and he's looking forward to putting his green egg out and his neighbors are you know that type of thing and just a regular guy and i started telling him um the people we started getting to talking and blah 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 and i just said people that i talk to or get to interview that have made it to the top they're all good dudes and he didn't buy that i was taken aback i was like well everybody else i tell that story and he's like nah nah and i can't remember now because i'm doing this off the top of my head he brought up somebody that was a successful person i don't know if it was an entertainer that was an asshole <laughs> he had to think of one here. I'm trying to tell everybody that these people are good people too. And he's like, no, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. And I just, you know what I did? I dropped it and I went back to my beer and it's better off. There's no need. I do not get into arguments at the bar. It, I do not. I do not. So anyway, all right. Until next week, we'll see who we come up with. We'll see who I who I nail on going with the flow. Or maybe I, I got a couple of good ones, man, that are stockpiled. I wish I had more than just one, one a week. I'm not used to this. Waiting, 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 waiting. Hurry up and wait. All right, listen. Have a great week, guys. Thank you. Tell your friends. If you subscribe if you want to. You don't. You're listening to me here, and I appreciate it. All right? Let's hang in there, man. Let's have a good week. All right? Let's have a good week. Talk to you next week. I'm Jerry Petuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist, so thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.